Good morning. It is uh, Sunday, May 15th, 2022. We are live. Thank you for joining us here, waking up with us this morning on Sunday for Rucksack Radio, the podcast for Patriots, hosted by two veterans with one mission at 1776 Reasons. Podcast is always bold, blunt, uncensored, and full of red, white, blue truth. We are so happy. You're awake with us or just present with us because I'm not even sure that I'm fully awake. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a uh, man, dude, the last, this weekend has been nuts um, in terms of violence. Right. And we're going to spend a little time talking about that today. But I, I, we're going to I'm going to I have an idea today. I want to approach this just a little bit differently. Um, and it's not saying that we're necessarily going to have any like major epiphanies or we're going to uh, solve the world's problems, but we're going to get closer to trying to do something like that uh, because it's the rhetoric is just gotten, it's getting even more wild and it's, it's going to about to get much, much worse. So this weekend, uh, Friday kicked off with a mass shooting in downtown Milwaukee in which uh, two rival gangs basically got into an argument, rival groups of people, and just pulled their guns out and and had a wild gunfight in the middle of the Deer District, in the Bar District in downtown Milwaukee, the Water Street area, which is a fun area. I've been there... You've been there too, Phil. I'm sure. I mean, hundreds of times, and it's uh, it's a popular area. It's in the business district. It's it's right outside uh, where the Bucks play. Yeah, I mean, for Water Streets, that area is is just it's always it's not <laughs> relative to the rest of the city. It's typically not as violent, but I can't say that anymore. Seventeen people shot. Um. They all, to this point, have survived in that incident. But that was one of three shooting incidents outside of that game. There was another incident where some people didn't survive. So uh, I think in all, 28 people were shot on Friday night in Milwaukee, 17 in that one incident. And uh, three out of the 28 or four out of the 28 have passed. Uh, But it's really not getting much attention anywhere. And then we look at what happened in Buffalo yesterday with this um, mass shooter that is, yeah, I mean, if you read his manifesto, which was published pretty quick, and you look at his morals, I mean, the the guy was definitely, he's definitely one of your your friends. He's a legit, you could call him a legit white supremacist based upon his readings, I think. And, And it's important that we acknowledge that. What irritates me is, you know, as I look at this morning here, I'm just going to I'm going to put this on the screen real quick. Um, hmm, before you move on, though, there was a um, shooting here in town on Friday night, too, here. In New I'm Hampshire. still not moving on. I'm in the same thing. But go ahead. <laughs> it was it was here in New Hampshire. It was the night yeah. that I I chose not to go out. <laughs> I'm actually glad now I didn't go out. But, yeah, it was three shootings, three separate Towns, at least three separate shootings that we are aware of on Friday night alone. So CNN has got their their front page this morning. It's got this whole big section here about the violent extremism, um, how white supremacists are radicalized, what we know about him, all this stuff. And then if you go over here all the way to the right, down near the bottom, three shot outside Milwaukee Bucks game. Okay, it wasn't three. There were like 28 people, 17 in one incident. But it's not getting the same attention because the demographics don't fit the narrative, right? But this is the type of thing, this is the exact example of why we really can't have conversations. Because you've got one side, the right who generally don't want to accept when there are real examples of racially motivated instances like the one in Buffalo was, 
but some do. But then you've got the other side of the left who will never acknowledge. They just don't. Everybody immediately defaults to, well, this happened, but you did this or you said this. And, and, and I did some of that yesterday myself, and, and there was a point to it. Um, and it was this exact point that, you know, we, if, if we're not, if each side is not going to own their own bad apples and their own bad eggs and their own bad behavior, we're never going to get to a place of being able to calm and have conversations about this stuff. Be, um, you're not admitting, <laughs> you're not admitting that the whole of something is bad by acknowledging the the parts of it that are bad. In fact, you're doing the whole of things more justice by saying we don't stand for this. Either way, and it, but it doesn't happen that way, and the left. They're notorious for not accepting responsibility on their end. In fact, justifying, trying to justify their behavior. Um, And we could go on all all morning about this. But I want to try to jump into a different mindset. Phil had sent me actually a quote yesterday. And Phil, I printed up a different graphic because your quote was fantastic. Um... And your intent with it, I think your exact intent was, hey, if we're going to have some kind of philosophical discussion, let's have it. I pulled up a different graphic because the one you sent me, seemed, it was like, I don't even intend it, but it was kind of cartoonish in a way. So for me, like, so, no, yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> but, but I know that, you know, that the general intent was, was, it was right where it is. And it is a mark, the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. By... Uh, Aristotle said this. So it's a mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Uh, and we're going to come, we're going to kind of focus today's show uh, on that premise. Uh, but I want to first go through some different parts um, of that because I think it's important. Uh, education is uh, is this one from Einstein, another great thinker. Education is not the learning of facts, but the training of the mind to think. That's where our schools have gone wayward, I would think. Yeah. Because it's more about passing a test, more about getting your school's numbers to look like you're a great school than Mm -hmm. it is to teaching children to think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So... I, the reason I bring that up is because well there's there's let me add there's there's another piece to this yet that I want to put up because this is the part um, that I think sometimes will kind of get lost in acceptance. So the mental attitude that something is believable and should be accepted as truth. Right? Using the word accept in the definitions of acceptance, but really the mental attitude that something is believable and should be taken as truth should be revered as truth. Take the word accept it out. That, that's, acceptance doesn't mean that you're, um, you're acknowledging something is true. It, it, acceptance generally means that you are understanding what you are hearing. You don't, and when it, come, when it comes to Aristotle's quote, really, it, you can understand it. You can hear it. That's what this quote is saying. It's the mark of an educated mind, a thinking mind. To be able to entertain a thought, meaning be able to hold that thought, be able to hold the moment, hold present with that thought without accepting it, meaning that you can have that, but not. you don't have to, um, you're not in concert with it. You don't have to agree with it. And that's really where we get kind of bogged down is we feel like, if we have these conversations or we understand someone's thought, we're coming to a point of acceptance with it. And that, and that's not, we're not going to get to that point ever because we're always, and we'll all have different experiences, right? Knowledge, most of the knowledge we get comes from our, our experiences in life. And those experiences include the education we take in, whether that is a self-education or it is a, um, a, a facilitated 
education or it is a collection of our experiences and things we observe and see. So we're all going to have different places there, right? And part of what I think is so important was something that uh, Francis Bacon said. I really like this one. I thought about this this morning a bit. Silence is the sleep that nourishes wisdom. And immediately for me, I mean, what, is this, what does this quote speak to you, Phil? That reminds me of something um, uh, I think it was my fifth grade teacher told me. It's better to remain quiet and have people think you were fooled than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Kind of that is one that reminds me. Okay. That is one very good thing. CC, you nailed it. The other one for me is you got two ears and one mouth. Right? The simple, simple thing here. Silence is the sleep that nourishes wisdom. It means when you are not talking, you're actively listening. I mean, when you're actively listening, you're taking in knowledge, you're taking in experience. Now, um, I'm going to give away just a little a little teaser uh, in one chapter of my book that I've been working on uh, recently. And there are a lot of word formulas uh, in that book. And the way I kind of define uh, wisdom in a word formula is knowledge plus insight plus judgment equals wisdom, right? You have to know things. That's an important component. You have to have some insight into yourself and your beliefs and how you feel about things. And then you have to have the judgment of how you exercise your knowledge and your insight. And when you have those things together, then you reach a point of wisdom. I mean, it's... It, it, it's it's much more complex than that, and I get into it in detail um, in in one of the, again, in that specific chapter, that book I'm working on. I'm hoping I really have it all together for draft um, review by, uh, not hoping, I am intending to have it all ready for draft review by the end of this year, um, and hopefully we'll see our publishing timing. But it's, we're in a world today where all of us have knowledge. Again, knowledge is it can be formal education, it can be a collection of experiences, it could be facilitated education, it could be your own. But you know, it's just we all have knowledge. Even the people we don't agree with have knowledge. Where the 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 fracture has come has been with insight and judgment, and most people can practice one or the other somewhat well or somewhat consistently, but not both. And even me, I will tell you. And that's the whole point I'm making in this book is that it's a, it's a, it's an evolution in life. And there are some points in time with some more tangible things that I think you have, uh, you, you have achieved that place of wisdom, right? You could solve simple math equations because you have the understanding, the knowledge of what numbers mean, and you have the insight as to how to manip, you know, to manipulate those figures to get to the outcome, and the judgment is using that knowledge and um, of numbers and the, and the understanding and insight of math to come to the point of wisdom to solve an equation, so to speak. That's a really simplified version of it, you know. But we don't practice that. It's the same concept with the, t- the difficult issues that we, we tack- tackle in life. Because all of these ideological things we face, whether they're politically, politically motivated, religiously motivated, whatever they may be. But let's just say political ideology, because that is the one that really, the strand that does. We all share it, right? We all share it. Everybody in the country shares a political ideology of some sort. We don't all share the same one. But we all have a political ideology built into us. Even people that don't practice politics, they've got a political ideology. You know, and, and that's so we all have that, that base place of knowledge, but it's how we then exercise the insight of what we understand and what we don't understand to then apply judgment to get to a place of wisdom. Um, because when we don't do that, when we just go off of the knowledge and we don't really apply it um, with good insight and judgment, 
we get another thing that uh, another quote I like. I love. I've always loved this one by Voltaire. The more often a stupidity is repeated, the more often it gets the appearance of wisdom. This is uh, you could take. Uh, this is propaganda. Is what it is. And there are so many instances of this throughout history. Um, and arguably, we're in a moment right now where the stupidity, the propaganda being repeated uh, rivals only 1930 Berlin, I think. I mean, it just, and, and I, again, I, I, I hesitate to, like, to use Nazism as a tangent to everything, but it's, it's the deeper ideology beneath that. It's the deeper behavior beneath that that is the problem. And so let's talk, uh, you know, I, I want to, uh, let's spend a little time tonight talking. These two things are coming for sure. Okay. There is going to be um, a heavy um, push on the idea of gun grabbing again. Um, that's coming for sure. And there is going to be a renewed push on everybody that I don't agree with is a white supremacist. You think they'll do the gun grab? You think uh, well, they're, I mean, they're, it's going to try the rhetoric as that the rhetoric is and knowing how they're not going to do very well in this upcoming election. You think they're going to go for the gun grab? You think that'll get them votes? I, I don't think it's going to get them votes, but I, I even if a riles, they're the not, they're not very far. They're, they're, there's they're no, not very far. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're not very far-sighted people um, at all. I mean, in general, in society, we're not very far-sighted because we have this 24-hour news cycle that kicks along. But, um, no, I don't I don't think it gets some votes, but I don't uh, – that's not – they don't have that, that far-sightedness. They're going to do it because it's an emotionally impulsive thing to do. Um, and they're going to believe that it's going to save face. It, it ties into, again, that everybody that wants to harm us is a white supremacist. Oh, and and they get first off they get the belief that everybody they disagree with wants to harm them and then they get the belief that that automatically equates them to being uh, a white supremacist. So these things are coming and the rhetoric out there is going to get louder and it's going to get worse. I'm telling you it's going to get really really bad. So we have a choice to fall into that rhetoric and go with it or we can try to find ways uh, to head that off. I'm not going to say I don't think it'll get really bad. Um, we haven't even had the unofficial kickoff of summer yet with Memorial Day, and there's already been shootings going on and all that. But I think there's enough off-color voice out there now that can refute, that can bring up. Why aren't you talking about what happened in Milwaukee? Because you know those two rival gangs weren't white. Both of them weren't white, or at least one of them wasn't white. You know, there's been enough people bringing up stuff that are white, that are talking about black on black violence, brown on brown violence. There's you know. more, but there's not enough. Look at the CNN splash, the homepage today that I that I shared before. There's a off way off in the distance. There's one line that's not even accurate, not even close to accurate about the situation. And there's this whole big screen about everything else so yeah you're right there are more people speaking up about it but it's not not to an extent that it's amplified to the crowd that needs it i think that's what's hurting the less base actually is that they're not their their racism card isn't being used as effectively as it used to be because there's more off-color voices out there going no you you're not you don't get to play this card anymore you don't get to divide us so what what do you think is the reason? Let's let's go. Let's start there. What do you think is the reason they're playing the race card? Well, they've always played the race card. It's been since when? Since when? What, what, what is the reason for that? When what is the reason they? for that? To divide and, and what get the, and get the inner city votes. Okay, and, and, but because the inner what, cities are the schools aren't as good in the inner cities. I mean, this is these are all known, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know that the inner cities aren't as. I don't know. It's just. They play the race card to divide the uh, to divide the, the vote, the populace. But they know that that doesn't work. They know that it doesn't. It's not. Then why do they keep trying? It's they not, know that the gun grabbing doesn't work either, but they keep trying. Right? 
Well, what stops that? Nothing. <laughs> They're not going to stop, is, is my point. They're always going to have people that believe CNN over over anything else or MSNBC yeah, over anything and, else. They're still always going to have votes. You're always going to have people on the right that, that swear by OANN or Newsmax and nothing else. Right. Oh, that that's... But what do we do to curb that? I mean, what do we do to... And say, hey, you know, what do you think? I mean, what is it ultimately that they want to achieve by taking scary guns away? I don't know. I mean, what's the reason for control? Bingo. Yeah, well, they want the control. Thank you. So, um, and what makes people need control? Not feeling in control. Well. It's fear. Bingo. Thank you, Sarah. You guys are on fire in the chat today. <laughs> Thank you. It is uh, fear. So what is their fear exactly? That's the crux we need to get to. That That's where we need to get. There's selfishness. There's some of those other, those are kind of the traits in there. But we need to understand what is this fear. Because that, everything that, that they're doing in this, all this control that they want, control comes from a place of fear. So what is it exactly they fear? Now, we can say all day, well, because they're going to lose power. or what. But, but that just goes back to the power being control. There is a deeper-rooted issue here. and But these are the, the reason I'm asking these questions and saying it is because this is exactly how we need to approach these conversations with these people is, what, okay, what is it? And I can't answer, Jen. I can't answer for, you know, for... for all of these people, um, what their fear is. You see, it could be a lack of faith. Um, it could be, uh, it could be a whole lot of things. Um, it's there's not any one answer to it. I mean, if you asked 100 people um, on the left, what is their fear with this? You're probably going to get maybe 50 that say give you kind of the same answer. You're going to get another maybe 25 that give a different general kind of answer and then you're going to get 25 different answers of the last 25 percent so i there's there's not a common thread in all of it Uh, but there it's these are the way we need to approach these conversations is all right so you want to take what what is it about the control what is it about the fear that is causing you to want to take the guns and because the arguments always get like yesterday, somebody commented on a post last night. I think it was the post I put up about the show this morning. And they posted the article in Buffalo. And it's another another one, another, you know, one for you two-way cultists or whatever. And I'm like, a two-way isn't a cult. It's an amendment that benefits all Americans. Two-way doesn't have an, a, a political affiliation or a political ideology. Two-way is just a constitutional concept of a free human being that does not want to be enslaved by the tyranny of anybody left right middle indifferent and and but so those are the types of conversations those are rather i i you know i wanted my initial instinct is to want to slap people around when they make such ridiculous comments and and sometimes i do i've had fun doing it because some people you just I don't know that you're ever going to reach them if their intent is only to be an idiot, right? But I, I think we need to get back to a point of when we see some things like that, we just need to say, what do you mean two-way cult? Define cult for me. We just it, it, it gets back to the point of asking questions in these instances. Define cult for me. You know, Define what do you mean two-way cult? What exactly does that mean to you? And what is your understanding of two-way? What is the Second Amendment? Just ask people this question because I, I guarantee you that with many of these people, you're going to get nine out of ten of them aren't going to be able to tell you what two-way really is, what the premise of it is, period. You're, you're going to get number, you're going to get the lie they've been told by Biden that it was not never absolute and that people couldn't own anything they wanted, which is completely false. It's bullshit. It's a lie. It's not true. You're going to get people think that it was just for hunting. You know, that the Collins used it for hunting or that it was, um, you know, some kind of self-defense, right, or target shooting or sport. 
It was none of that. The, the innate premise of the Second Amendment was to protect people from being enslaved by their government. That was, that is what the Second Amendment is about. That's simple. But people don't get that. So we need to keep answering them and then directing them to, okay, what makes you believe that the Second Amendment is about hunting? And say, well, what about this article here? What about the Anti-Federalist Papers here? What about this bit from George Mason and the Virginia Ratifying Convention here? What about this where they say that this is about defense and protection from tyranny? What about Federalist uh, 28 uh, where Hamilton says that no more can be reasonably aimed at with respect to the people at large that they be properly armed and equipped. What what this they wrote this. This is right here. It's written by our founders. This is what they meant by the Second Amendment. So what along the way is where do you where are you getting this other definition from? Because Joe Biden didn't write the Constitution, thank God. Joe He's probably Biden, just running for Congress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joe Biden couldn't write the uh, a riddle on the toy surprise in a box of Cracker Jacks. You know, I mean, he's, it's not, it's not, it's not that. So I, we just need to get to a point where we're, we're trying to get these people to think and we're trying to ask questions and get them to explain, explain, fine. You believe this passionately clear. And my initial instinct is I just want to throttle you because what you're saying is so stupid. It's so profoundly ignorant and inaccurate that it blows my mind, but okay. Let me entertain what you're saying. Let, let's have a conversation here. Please tell me what you mean by this. And each time they try to come back with some sarcasm, passive aggressive, whatever nonsense, just try to ignore the noise and go back and keep them, keep redirecting back to that point. And then at the end, it's okay to get to a point where you, you, you redirect and you say, okay, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing your points. And you have legit feelings to you, right? You you feel this legitly. You're not making up how you feel about this, right? But the, the, the issue is that what you're telling me doesn't line up to historical fact. So perhaps what it is is you just don't like that it's true. And that's okay. You cannot like that it's true. That's perfectly acceptable. You're entitled to not like that it's true. That's a real response. We all have things that we don't like to be true. Okay, but that doesn't then make it a fact. So now your argument should not be so much telling lies or propagating mistruths about something, but then you should be advocating for something based upon a legit reason. I don't like this because I think it's dangerous and I think it's irresponsible. And I think in this day and age, there should be restrictions on it. Okay, you're going to get arguments all day long that explain, no, they shouldn't, from other people that have passions around things that they don't like, that are true or untrue. And that's going to happen. But at least you're going to get more respect from me if you redirect your argument to a place of accuracy, even if I don't like or agree with it than trying to argue a fallacy with me because then I just get pissed off and frustrated because, no, this is just factually inaccurate. It's not true. You're arguing a scapegoat with me. That, that We're not going to get anywhere with that. You know? I don't, and I, again, this goes back to... Aristotle's quote, we can hear, we can hear these things. We don't have to accept, of course, what they're saying is true. We know that things aren't aren't true in many in, in many arguments in many cases. But we're not going to get anywhere with those conversations if we have them continue to be framed in that place where we're arguing about fallacies. We need to try to move the ball to a different court. We need to, try to move it over to where, okay, now let's let's talk about why you don't like this. What about this don't you like? And let me ask you that, Phil. What do you think, try to get yourself in the mind of a leftist, what do you think they don't like about the Second Amendment? I have no idea what they don't like about the Second Amendment. I, I, I've i never even tried to think about why somebody wouldn't like the Second Amendment. Don't you want to protect at least yourself? You would think, and in most of these people that stand against it, 99.9% of the time, if they had a gun next to them and somebody was threatening their life, they're going to use it. And they're going to be thankful they had that gun there to do that. 
It's a lack of understanding. It's fear. Those, and my two, own, those are the two biggest components. My own little microcosm of the world, I view, and I know that's not what it's intended for, but personally, I view the Second Amendment as a right to defend myself against anybody that would endanger me or my family. Yeah. I take that to hey. mean my house. Somebody was coming in my house and they were threatening my family. You better believe I'd want to, I'd want to defend them the best way I know how. Does that involve a gun? Maybe, maybe not, but I don't have a gun for a reason. I don't you, have a yeah, gun. I definitely uh, don't need one. Yeah. You, you're right on that. And, and I should, you know, wait, the, in the anti-federalist papers, there's a, Virginia was one, there was another, I, I can't remember the other, there, there's a couple other states that had the right to bear arms in, in in their arguments against the federalists and in in a couple of them they included not just you know defense against a tyrannical government but also the right to defend themselves and their neighbors and things like so yes it's it's innately it is self defense right you're defending yourself from oppression in a way so that's not an inaccurate um point of view on it it's entirely and historically legit um, in terms of intent but we have it just they I, there's somewhere along the line there's a lack of personal accountability that's a big piece of it they, they fear these things they they don't fear they feel like they need somebody else to look out for them and because of that, that's the government, because the government is always right, and the government has all the solutions to all the problems. Because if they have them, I don't need to think about them. I don't need to worry about them. I don't need to put any effort into it. I don't need to take responsibility for it. I'm not accountable to it. I, the government tells me this. I'm going to do it because they know best. <laughs> I've actually spent and, time trying to pinpoint when, when the population became so just... I'm just so lacking of personal responsibility. Yeah. And that's and that's really what the downfall I think so far of this country has been. It's not my fault. I didn't do that. People try to rationalize their own yeah. shitty behavior and as long as they can yeah. rationalize it in their own mind, they're not wrong. And it's like, dude, no, yeah. you're still wrong. Yeah. Well, that's because for especially in recent years, especially in the last decade, but really it's, it goes back further than that. But really, it's, it's hypersensitive in the last decade. It's because the people they elect are telling them it's OK for you to be afraid. You should be afraid of these people over here, your neighbors. You should fear them because they want to hurt you. They want to take away, you know, your serenity. They don't like you because you're black or white or Asian or Jewish or whatever you might be. They want to, it's, it's just the government plays on fears. So when the government it can play on those fears and manipulate those fears, those fears become even more deeply rooted in people. And with fear comes ignorance. With, with, with chronic and perpetual fear comes just substantial ignorance. Yeah, most people are afraid of guns because they don't know how to safely handle a, a, a gun, to be mm -hmm. perfectly honest. Most people that do know how to safely handle a gun, they're not afraid of them because they know to keep your, you know, where to put it, your hands. that way with most things in for. life, right? I mean, until we have an experience with something, we have trepidation towards it. Hell, um, I was that way when I lost my virginity. I didn't know what the hell I was doing with that. <laughs> and then, you I know, but don't. after a while, <laughs> after a while, <laughs> you get to the range more often, <laughs> you get comfortable handling it. And wow, like I'm going to put a scope on this. I'm going to put, I'm going to put a nice tactical. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I've been at the range. Nice, nice tactical sling on this. <laughs> I'm going to paint it up real nice. <laughs> I'm going to no, give you a bigger magazine. <laughs> the, the topic, the discussion, the, the focus point of the discussion right now is guns. So that's why I went to guns. But you're right. The, thing, yeah. the, the basic understanding of fear is the fact that you don't know it, your ignorance. Your ignorance is what makes you afraid. I think <laughs> of whatever I think matter. The other piece of it is denial, though, because when you look at it, the overwhelmingly prolific amount of gun violence 
happens within the communities that are blaming everyone else for gun violence. It happens in the communities of a political ideology blaming everyone else for the problem. Yes, there are white supremacists. There are shit. The guy in Buffalo yesterday is one, and what he did was horrendous. And I hope that the guy fries. I, I hope, I, as far as I'm concerned, put him in a pool with piranhas and let's all stand around and clap as they just devour him to death because he's a piece of shit for what he did. And but the the issue is is that how. <laughs> That accounts for, what, one-tenth of one-tenth of one percent of the gun crime in the country? The overwhelming majority of it happens in instances of black-on-black crime. But they're afraid to get to the root of that because they're told that isn't the issue. You have black-on-black crime because the white man is holding you down. That's bullshit. And that's both where the gun grabbing rhetoric and the white supremacist, everybody I don't like, everybody that has a different belief than me is a white supremacist. Both they're, they're tied together. And it 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 uh, it's frustrating because there's so it's so far from the truth. And until we get I mean, a big part of it, of course, is until we get some media that's responsible and honest, um, it's going to be very hard to shift that around because the media is going to play on it because it gets a headline, it gets some ratings, they make money, then they get validation. Even though the validation they're getting is completely false, it's harmful, and it only continues to perpetuate the same cycle of denial and fear that breeds that ignorance. I, I just, so we got to ask questions, I guess. I mean, it's hard to do. I love slapping an idiot around on the internet more than anybody else, arguably. And some of them deserve it, but at some point in time, if we really want to try to fix these problems or we want to try to get somewhere with it, you're not going to fix it until you start asking questions. You can preach what you know all day long. You can preach your knowledge all day long and your insight all day long. And the judgment that you have all day long, the wisdom that you feel you've accumulated in these areas, all day long. You can preach these things. But until you get somebody else to a point where they have knowledge and insight and judgment, they aren't going to exercise wisdom, and it's the, it's just futility. So we need to get more people to wisdom. We need to get more people to a point of at least having knowledge plus solid insight, or you know, and, and, and then you can start working on the judgment. Okay, I have this knowledge. My insight is. I don't like it. So now at least your judgment's coming from a place of not agreeing with it or not liking it. Not that it's not true. Because we can't, again, we can't, we're not going to get anywhere arguing an arena of falsehoods. And when you can't, when people won't argue with facts, even if they, where are you going to get with that, right? Argue me, argue with me on something you don't like. Fine. Let's have that discussion. I, I'm probably going to learn something. I hope that I'm going to learn something in that discussion. But if you want to argue from a place of complete denial and fear that is a place of ignorance, that isn't a place where facts live, the conversation's futile. We're not going to get anywhere with it. That's my take, folks. <laughs> that's that's my whole take on the quote that Phil sent me last night. It probably had, you know, no idea it was going to evolve into this. But uh, I don't know, Phil. What do you? I mean, what's your? How do we get to the point of having productive conversations? While you were um, talking about 
slapping people around on the internet as much as the next guy and all that kind of stuff. I was reminded this weekend that diff- different people learn different ways, right? And I realized the one way that I learn is to um, have something presented to me and then give me an example, right? That's how I learn. Something that simplifies whatever it is that that the example was given to me. You know, A plus B equals C. Okay, so A equals 2, B equals 3, C equals 5, right? Something like that is how I learn. And it's that's difficult to do on Twitter when you have 140 characters or however many you have now to to be able to teach somebody something. Is you gotta you gotta quickly figure out how they learn and then you gotta try to put things in terms that they understand. On and how do you get to that point? I, that's up to whoever's trying to teach. I don't well, what's know. how do you get information? How do you understand what somebody is thinking or feeling? If they're well, like you said, if they're just um, arguing from an ignorant standpoint and they don't want to learn, they're just so stuck on printing out the talking points, then you're you're not really going to get anywhere. It's not going to be productive in any way, shape, or form. One of today's star pupils in the chat, CC, got it again. Ask questions. You're never even going to be able to figure out how people learn or, or what it is that they're thinking without asking questions. I think too often we just assume that we understand because this is a narrative. Everybody must view it this way. And it's not exactly true. I'm going to, I'm going to put up another quote and then I want to come back to um, that real quick because this is another Voltaire quote. And I like this one, but I'm going to put a twist on it too. It's, you know, he said, if you want to know who controls you, Look at who you are not allowed to criticize, right? We, we, we get this, certainly with the disinformations are. But I'm going to tell you this also applies in another way. Okay, if you want to know what is controlled, look at what you are not allowed to criticize. You can, you can interchange the language in there the same way. So it's not just the who, but it's the what. And that, that's where the narrative comes in. Um, you know, I had a conversation. I love my sister to death. Um, but, yeah, I had stopped over yesterday for a few minutes, and um, CNN was on. My sister and my mom were watching CNN about something. They had, they had no idea. I think I was going downtown to take pictures of um, – Cadence at prom. They had pictures down at the art museum down there, and their prom was yesterday. And I was like, I just want to take my body armor down and give it to her. And they're like, Well, why? I'm like, Did you not hear that like two dozen people were shot last night down there? And they're like, Well, well no. I'm like, that's because you have CNN on. <laughs> that's why you don't know anything about what happened just eight miles north of you last night. And I I'm like, and then I asked, and then I scratched my head. I go, and why are you watching CNN? And they're like, well, we we, we bounce over all the channels. All right. So it, it, the conversation just straight slightly into guns. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, and my sister's like, well, it's a lot of people that have guns that shouldn't. And I'm like, there's an argument for that. That's true, certainly. I would be the first one to say that if you don't like guns, you fear them. You probably should not have one. Okay. You can overcome that fear. You might not still like them, but you can overcome that fear and get to a point where you respect them, and then there is a lot less danger associated with them. But if you don't like them, they're not your thing, you don't have to own one. It's a choice. The Constitution doesn't say everybody should be armed, although the founders would have argued that every responsible citizen should be armed. But the Constitution doesn't say that. The Constitution simply says the government has no right to tell you that you cannot be armed or to take any measures to stop you from being armed. But, so my sister gets kind of speechless armed. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, and she, she goes on to it, you know, she started, she goes, it's the ghost guns or whatever. And I'm like, what, 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 why time out? <laughs> What's a ghost gun? She couldn't answer the question, of course. It's well, a gun how do you know it's, ghosts. How do you know a ghost gun is a problem if you don't know what a ghost gun is? Okay, so then she kind of defaults. Well, people just go on the internet and buy them. I'm like, you, 
you can't just go on the internet and buy a gun. It doesn't, no, it does not work that way. And, and this whole issue with ghost guns, paranoia and this fear that came up, ghost guns account for, I mean, seriously, it is a, the, uh, uh, an infinitesimal fraction of a percentage of, of gun violence. It's not, ghost guns are not the problem. It's a made up scary term by Democrats again. Yes, ghost guns are a real thing, but not in the scope, by far not in the scope. That I mean, it's like the scary AR-15s. That if you look at all FBI statistics assault, going back assault years, yeah, assault weapons, which is inaccurate. But if you look at all FBI statistics going back for years, decades, even, I think they account for two percent of of gun-related fatalities. I could have that percentage wrong. It might be three, might be five, might be one. It's less than five percent. But still, it's not the it's not the implement. It's the mentality. It's a cultural problem. We don't have a ghost gun problem. We don't have a buy guns on the internet problem. We have a cultural problem. Again, it takes the gun doesn't fire itself. Just like the car doesn't drive itself. Just like the fatty McDonald's food doesn't eat itself. Okay. I did all three yesterday. I handled my firearm as I was just taking out the clinic as I periodically do because it usually just sits around not getting any use and, and just want to take care of it. I also drove a car and ate fatty McDonald's yesterday. All three things were my choice. But I know I can't eat McDonald's every day. It's something I got to do responsibly. I know I'm not going to get in the car if I'm drunk or stoned or something else is going on or if I don't know how to drive it or if I am not in a good frame of mind or my concentration isn't good I'm going to be responsible I'm not going to get in that car I'm not going to handle the firearm I'm not going to clean the firearm I'm not going to put my paws on it if I don't know how to responsibly do so behavior plus responsibility equates the action when you take poor behavior and a lack of responsibility you get the outcomes that you get And that is the root cause. That is root cause canal, uh, root cause analysis, Kamala Harris. <laughs> I mean, she she had another word salad. Um, I guess this was yesterday <laughs> or um, today. Um, let me see if I could find this because I saw it. Was, this was her latest quote. We will work together. Let me see if I can do her voice. I can't do a female voice very good, but I'm going to try to do the Kamala voice. You can at least try to do the stupid <laughs> laugh at the end of everything she does. <laughs> We will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together. We will work together. <laughs> that, 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 is whole, wait, is that the whole That quote? was her brilliance yesterday. That's the whole quote. <laughs> Yes, we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together. We will could, work together. Could you possibly get on national TV and fill it with more nothingness? There's literally oh, no yeah, context they, they, to that, that whatsoever. Don't, don't. Phil... <laughs> Careful asking that because when you ask questions like that, they take it as a challenge. <laughs> not, not, not yes, we can oh, say yes, more nothing. I can. Oh yeah, we can say more nothing. <laughs> Here, let's put Sleepy Joe back on the screen. <laughs> I, what is? I mean, Joe's more 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 substantial than that. At least he says stuff like that, and he goes from half asleep to yelling. You know, in a <laughs> few whispering. minutes, and just yeah. <laughs> And then to just he just stops in the middle of a thought and looks around, <laughs> lost. <laughs> Bring it back, Joe. Bring it back. <laughs> Circle back. <laughs> oh, I just did a twelve-hour stint in, in Twitter jail um, yesterday because oh, first time there was a yeah the first one a new account, but it, uh, it's because there was a Jen Saki video up or something, and all I said was I wish she would circle herself into traffic. I got dinged for. <laughs> Telling somebody to commit suicide. All it says, I wish she'd circle herself into traffic. That could, she could draw a picture 
of herself in traffic and circle herself. It could mean a lot of different things. Of course, I meant it that I wish she would just wander off in the traffic. But it's just the text, the little text of it. You you read that. You're like, I got 12 hours and I had to delete the stupid tweet because of that. Whatever. I just. But that would never happen on Parlor. I know it's not because I've I've straight up told people. I've straight up told people, trolls on Parlor, to go walk in traffic, go play in traffic. It's not a crime to do so. If you continually persist on somebody that's having a mental health crisis and they're saying that they're going to commit suicide and you tell them to go do it, here, use a gun and put it in your mouth and do this, then yes, you you could face some criminal liability in that, depending on the state. Not every state, but in some states, in that point, you can. But you can't just... You're not criminal. There's nothing criminal while telling a troll on the internet to go play in traffic. So, but on Twitter in 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 Fairyland, <laughs> then yeah, you can't do that thing because that might hurt the feelings of the most repugnant people on the planet. Right? I mean, these people generally are the ones that have the most outspoken repugnant viewpoints but they're offended that you call it a mailman and not a male person <laughs> I know it's spelled differently but if it's male person shouldn't it just be person person then <laughs> mailman waiting to get my things in the box from the person person that's how you end up with Kamala Harris Waiting for that's, the that's right there. To that's a Kamala Harris parcel. <laughs> Word salad Harris. <laughs> that was, just that was actually wow. funny. That's wow, and I can't believe that's an actual quote. That's why I don't yeah. watch TV. Ugh, God, it's that's frustrating and annoying. Because you sit there and go, yeah. how many people are buying into this bullshit? What? How are we going to work well, together? Together, together, there are people that are with the new norm. Together, people together, 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 together. Hey, Tom, together. What do you think about together? Fuck off. <laughs> you can bet there are people that that sat back and watched her say that and went, "God, she's a genius. Wow, she's and pretty too. Oh, you're brilliant. Oh my God, you and your filthy knees. You're a genius." And back of her throat. <laughs> well, that's whitewashed. She didn't have her tonsils removed. They were pounded out. <laughs> By a married man. <laughs> God, she deserves all of the ridicule she gets. This whole, this entire most, administration does, actually. Oh, yeah. It's the most useless group of puppets ever. That's amazing. And with the most destructive groups of the most destructive group of puppet masters behind them. It's amazing. Fauci, that that's a- Sullivan, Saki. I mean, uh, that 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 uh, the pregnant mayor, <laughs> the guy pregnant mayor, the chick with a dick, and, and that runs the other department. I what health and human services. What has any of this gotten us? <laughs> But misery as a country. And that misery isn't affecting just the right or just the left. It's affecting the entire country. And not just the entire country. It is affecting the entire world. I saw a funny um, video the other day. Actually, I almost sent it to you. Somebody was like, I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me all the good things Biden has done. And this the entire rest of the videos, how about Biden's fighting obesity? That's his thing. He's fighting obesity, right? Raising gas prices, raising food prices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Making sure while he eats ice cream formula. in front of us. <laughs> I posted last week. It's just I picture him just all day long, just wandering around the White House in like a onesie, the pajama, the footy pajamas, with like chocolate on his face, ice cream <laughs> sandwich in his hand, melting. <laughs> <laughs> like the the one with the rabbit ears, like Ralphie in a Christmas story, just. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to laugh at but at the same time it's so frustratingly depressing 
Oh, we got less than I want an ice cream sandwich now, too. <laughs> Sarah's brought up a couple of good things. I want a big fatty cheeseburger myself today, too. I got to figure out uh, which place I want to get them from. I went to Five Guys. Okay. They, I, their burgers are tasty, but so um, fucking greasy, man. It's not enjoyable. Yeah. And the whole thing just the, 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 it falls out of the bun. Yeah, I had just the McDonald's cheeseburger yesterday on my way downtown, so I had to finish. I've got a ton of – I made carne asada street tacos last night, and I made a bunch, so I've got leftovers for – I'm eating more of those for lunch today. Oh, you never and, went to Okinawa, oh, did you? No. I made taco rice last night just like we had in Okinawa. Oh, I've had that, though. Yeah, I've had oh, that from that uh, a buddy so that was good. over there. Yeah, taco cheese and rice. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah, where that I learned how to good. eat with chopsticks. Did I tell you about that? I don't, you might have, but I don't remember. Exactly. We used to go to exactly We used to go to Mickey's after going to the bar. Whether it's you know the bars in Okinawa close at nine a.m., so we just whatever. Okay, it's time to go. So we'd run over to Mickey's afterwards and they get the taco rice. And I was eating it with a fork one time, and that old mama son grabbed a hold of my hand. I was trying with chopsticks with two hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, because I'm drunk as shit, right? That old mama son got pissed off and she grabbed a hold of my hand. She had a grip like a fucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> she put the chopsticks in my hand the way they're supposed to be used. And then she actually fed me a couple of bites and she goes, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I learned how to eat with Sarah chopsticks. Sarah wants to know taco rice, Phil. Go ahead. Taco rice. Okay, so I've heard somebody here simplify it as it's like the naked burrito from Qdoba or um, uh, Chipotle. It's basically it's everything that you'd put on a taco. You put it on a bed of rice. It's fucking fantastic. It is yeah. so good. <laughs> I've done it with uh, basically like in the past ground beef or you can use ground turkey with taco seasoning. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just on rice. And I've added cheese to that. Too and had taco cheese and rice, but yeah, yeah, they put uh, uh, yeah, in at, at Mickey's. They put um, the lettuce and tomato, and then they had some kind of Japanese taco sauce. Obviously, okay. it's in um, yeah. Japan, but that was stuff that was spicy. Yeah. Like you this had. came long <laughs> before the the naked the bowls and everything else that all the places do now. I mean, as you yeah, know, this I mean, is that was thirty 90s. years ago. This is this yeah. is before Chipotle was even in existence or yeah. um, uh, Qdoba. Um, I went, uh, you know, I, last night went on this food conversation, I had creme brulee. Mm. So this is the funny thing. Like, uh, I love, I'm like addicted to getting to all these now when I can, cause they, I, I just like it now. Well, they had creme brulee there last night and they're great. It comes in the, like the ceramic dish and everything too, that you get, you go into a fancy restaurant to get it. And all you had to do is it, you take it out of the freezer and you sprinkle the brown sugar on the top of it and put it right underneath the broiler that's already heated for a couple minutes and it caramelizes that. Pull it out, let it sit for a couple minutes and eat away. It's good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, for 11 bucks yesterday, I got all these. Okay, I got normal stuff. But for 11 bucks, I got creme brulee and Crocs. <laughs> Phil, I got Crocs. <laughs> So you made yourself sexier by giving yourself a better dad bod, but then yeah. you secured your drought of not having sex because you're going to be wearing Crocs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, the creme brulee was four bucks. The Crocs were seven, 11 bucks. And I got all this greatness. <laughs> and they're kind of camouflage Crocs, aren't they? Yeah. And all these of all places. <laughs> Where I also got all the stuff for the to make the delicious carne asada street tacos. We actually have an all these here in town. I might have to go check to see if they got camouflage crocs. I'm sure they do because there's a large redneck population here. I think I spent 40 bucks and I got good dessert and I got crocs and I got tacos for like three days. And I got some bread in there and some more lunch meat. It was outstanding. Delicious but, dessert. Yep. We're bringing sexy back with the crocs. It's going to be a croc revolution. A crocolution. <laughs> Do you put them in an adventure mode? Let's start a hashtag with that. Crocolution. I learned that when the girls started wearing Crocs. When you put the, the handles in the back around your heels, mm -hmm. that's called adventure mode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how I wear them. <laughs> <laughs> My high speed. <laughs> I'm off-roading. 
<laughs> off-roading in my Crocs. <laughs> Yeah, it's, so called it's adventure a little, mode versus safe mode. The, there it is. Little, yep. uh, yeah, see, otherwise people would just put them forward and they wear them like this. Right. That's safe I put them mode. In back and that's, I am. I put them in back and I'm like four by four. That's adventure <laughs> mode right there. Yeah. <laughs> I could. I could do anything. I walked the dog in adventure mode this morning in my Crocs. I walked walked the dog this morning too. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Crocs. <laughs> no, I should get some though, so I could do it in my Crocs. <laughs> we know Brett Favre did. <laughs> <laughs> Took pictures of him. Wasn't that him that sent that dick pic to somebody and he was in his Crocs? Somebody in the organization from the locker room, yeah. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, he's got a little God, dick. Like tw- and then people with little dicks are like, no, he doesn't have a little dick. He's got big hands. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me feel better because I got big hands. <laughs> oh, well, hey, the show started philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Crocs. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate uh, you being in the chat. Appreciate it so much. You go to rucksackradio.com to find out more about the show. Check out other things there. A lot of tabs there. Another tab I'm working on. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this more on Tuesday. I was gonna maybe get into it tonight, uh, today, but we're we're at our hour here. Um, but I'm gonna spend a little bit of time this week on uh, resources that are out there for veterans for mental health issues. I think that it doesn't. There's so much more out there than veterans realize. That don't know why it doesn't get more attention. And I am somebody, I'll open, be very open with it, that I, I actively manage um, issues that I work through with the VA, with anxiety and things like that. And in, in recent weeks, I've come to find out a whole slew of really amazing uh, benefits and resources that are out there for veterans. And not just veterans, anybody um, that can, can access a lot of these things. And I think there's such a stigma around it. People don't like talking about it. And unfortunately, because they don't like talking about it, things don't get out there. They don't realize how many, how much is out there um, for vets, anybody that deals with these issues. So uh, probably Tuesday, Tuesday or Thursday, one of those days, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about that. But I'm also going to add uh, sometime this week a another page to rucksackradio.com that is just for uh, – you know, that lists some of these resources that are available to veterans and anybody else that might find use in them. Or those of you that have veterans in your life that, you know, they're tools that may help you um, engage with them or kids or anybody else in your life. These are, they're, they're, they're tools. They're not just, they're geared towards veterans because they've been tested and, and, and they're, you know, the audience is, is that group. But let me tell you, there is probably no more group of people that <laughs> have been irreparably damaged in ways than veterans when it comes to mental health and experiences and trauma and different things in life. So these methods, these resources are tested among some of the most extreme cases. And so uh, they help anybody. They can apply to anybody. So we'll get some time. We'll spend some time on that this week. That page is going to come to uh, Rucksack Radio as well, because I just think it, the more people that can have access to that kind of stuff and share that kind of stuff, um, the more people it can help, and the sooner we start uh, removing the stigma that's kind of around that stuff. So as we get into this post-COVID world, um, that has, COVID in itself has affected the mental health of so many uh, people, and sadly and tragically, mostly our kids. Um, so that's an area that needs, it deserves a lot of attention. So we're going to spend some time on that this week. Thank you again for joining in. You can go to Rucksack Radio again, check out more about the show. You can go to RucksackRadio.com to support the show. We appreciate um, anything that, that, that people do to help support us to continue to do this. Hope you enjoyed this uh, different show today, deeper <laughs> philosophical show again that ended with some fun. <laughs> and, uh, Good meme yesterday, Phil. Thanks for sending that to me because it sparked the whole idea of uh, today's show. So um, that was awesome. I've got, I will tell you, I've got shows in the queue that are processing in Adobe Media, Media Recorder. I've got stuff that's got to get to YouTube. I'm having 
Rumble will not seem to allow me to load videos. Adam, I have tried to load the video with your show to Rumble three times. It gets 100% the way through, and then it, I get an error that says, video file not found, please delete and re-upload. The file is there. It's the same file. I've watched it. <laughs> the raw file on my computer, it's an MP4. I've, I, but I, I don't know what's going on. So uh, my next, I'm going to have to reach out to Rumble support and see what else is going on because I can, I can upload the file to YouTube and anywhere else, but Rumble is not taking it for some reason. So, um, But I've, I'm still working on some edits with the show with Amy from um, this, past, uh, this past week, the parlor show. Got a couple more edits I'm finishing with that. Obviously, you saw, those of you watch live saw that there was a, uh, Brett had a lot of problems with his connection and his feed. So it's taking some time to piece all of that in uh, and make sure the audio and everything is all synced in. So working on that, hopefully get that finished today and that will then load through Adobe and be available this week on platform as well. Thank you so much again. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Wonderful Sunday, wonderful Monday. We'll be live again on Tuesday, May 17th. Friends, there's no substitute for educating the passion of patriots and value our sacred culture. We hope you can take action, preserve it, honor, share your company, rock on. Have a great day. Love you.